0: I'm off to the bookstore. The bookstore is not even like anything in Michigan. It's not like Barnes and Nobles in a strip mall. It's more like a haunted house in the middle of a neighborhood.
1: Hey there and welcome to GRIT, True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the personal narrative kind of story, and the people that craft and tell them. Each week, a storyteller will tell one of their stories and then break it down with me, Sean. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, but we also want to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories. Grit stories. New episodes are released on Fridays. And this week, I am joined by Melissa Reeves. Melissa lives out in Seattle, Washington. We met last summer. We've become friends, and she is a storyteller, among many other things. This is season two, dedicated entirely to women and their stories. So I'm glad Melissa could join me for today's podcast. As always, I will include information about upcoming classes and events in the show notes. And please, if you listen on Apple, rate and review this podcast. In fact, do it right now. Help us out. Stop this podcast episode, scroll down, rate it, and review it, and come back. We'll be here waiting for you. I really appreciate it. Okay. Melissa Reeves, let's dive in. Hey, Melissa. So... This season two is what I'm calling It's all women cool. and, we, and we talk and we aren't wanting to bore the audience. This is an important thing here. We cannot be boring.
0: We will not be boring.
1: So we will talk and then you will actually tell your story live, right? Okay,
0: yeah. And then You're we'll right talk
1: right. more and we'll break it down. Not all of it because people can't hear. They don't want to hear like three hours of us talking about <laughs> the story like we probably could do, but we're going to focus on a few things before you tell us your story. I want to know how and when and why you got involved in this kind of storytelling.
0: It was January of 2019. I had just gotten fired.
1: I was in a very low
0: position. I was very lonely. And my marketing director at my theater, who's one of my dearest friends, Kent Whipple, was teaching this class already. He had already gotten quite a bit of success as a storyteller. And he had been dabbling. He thought improvisers were crazy talented and he would never do that. And then he went into stand up and he didn't really love that, but he found storytelling and he started mm-hmm. to teach the class. And so I took it every week and it just came out of me. Mm. Came out of me. And I think it's because like in improv, you know, oftentimes we would make up monologues on the fly. But this was really interesting to me because it, they were true stories.
1: Mm-hmm. You had
0: to mine your own life.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: every week I just couldn't wait to get to his class. The last class hit. And I'm so sad because it's given me life because I'm so depressed about getting fired. I just started crying on the last day. I was like, I won want this class then And I begged him. I'm like, can I get back into your next class? And he's, he shimmied me right up. So I took his class twice in a row just. I I did my first story and I remember I did my first story and it was the Santa game. And he says, I think you found your medium.
1: Mm. I, I think I, I think I did. I usually would never ask somebody about the story before I hear the story. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we share with our audience that you've been workshopping this bad boy or do we just want to do it?
0: My opinion is, is that we would be showing the mm. audience how hard we work to create these Six or seven minute stories, you know, and right. the fact that I had been workshopping it and struggling with it.
1: <laughs> right. And it's never probably done. Arguably, you could always be tweaking a story. Always. Right? Always.
0: Well, this story actually started off a few years ago. So this was called Metamorphosis. Oh. Okay. And I did the cicada, I did the cicada thing and I did it live. And I did it at Fresh Ground Stories. And it went off and people were like, I didn't know why you were talking about the cicadas and then you tied it in at the end and it worked. So I brought it back this time thinking, oh, I can use this for fresh, like fresh perspective. Because I have such an incredible circle of Mm -hmm. fantastically talented friends that we meet four hours a week and we support each other. I love the fact that you guys were like, get the cicadas out of the story. (laughs) And, you know, you come in with a story in your workshop, in your swap, which I just love, and you're vulnerable, but you got to be open. Yeah. And I know that I'm getting feedback from some of the best.
1: Just the fact that people show up and share and take the feedback and give feedback, that says a lot too. I know that's harder to measure, but the fact that people are willing to share certain kinds of stories, because you know you are bearing your soul to some degree in your heart. Fridays is open if you hear this uh, wherever you are, and you can yeah. join us come join us a little bit. Maybe you like it, maybe you won't, but it's good story stuff, yeah. We
0: And we've seen people float in and then come floating back in, and then some of them have joined into the Monday,
1: so... Right. Melissa, last week or so, brought this story, or a version of it. She got some feedback. She has since then done some more stuff with it, so I have an idea of what I'm about to hear, but yeah. not everything. And then she's going to tell the story, and then she and I are going to talk about the story, so... <laughs>
0: I'm good to go. All
1: right, whenever you're ready. I'm
0: 22 years old and I'm walking in Balboa Park in San Diego, California, and it's awesome. It's so pretty. I mean, I have just escaped the winters of Michigan and the Midwest and I am walking amongst palm trees. I'm smelling fresh jasmine in the air and the sunsets are so gorgeous. I am now living in paradise. I'm also noticing that there's something different about this place, it feels different. I'm learning that this vibrational energy is all over the place in San Diego. There's this one restaurant that I go to in the mornings and I just frequent it, I love it. It's owned by this woman named Willow. And Willow is this beautiful flower child woman, She has hair down her ass because she's probably not cut it since she was seven. Her restaurant has beads for the door. It's got macrame owls hanging and it smells like incense and maple syrup. And when she greets you, she looks you straight in the third eye and says, good morning. Oh, good morning, Willow. I think I have a small crush on her. May I have uh, a bowl of the morning glory porridge, please? Oh yes. Would you like to have bee pollen in it? Oh yes, of course. Uh, Would you like a shot of wheatgrass? Wheatgrass? I I don't know what wheatgrass is. (gasps) Oh, everyone look around (laughs) over here. We have a newborn wobbly little legged fawn at table seven. Oh my dear, this is adorable. Anytime someone has their first shot of wheatgrass, we have it on us. So please enjoy namaste. So she hands me this green foaming juice and it tastes sweet actually. And it feels like scrubbing bubbles on my karmic soul. (laughs) I am elevating right then and there. And and I thank her, like, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Namaste. I leave her restaurant I'm off to the bookstore. The bookstore is not even like anything in Michigan. It's not like Barnes and Nobles in a strip mall. It's more like a haunted house in the middle of a neighborhood. And it's filled with esoteric subject matters, things I'd never heard of, like past lives. Yep, you've had them. Uh, Circle of life. Yep, you're in one. And law of attraction. Yeah, read it. So I do. I just follow whatever my nudges are right now. And I'm reading this book, Law of Attraction, and I'm thinking, okay, really? Really? The universe is listening to me? Sure, right. And if I want something and I can feel it, I just ask for it and let it go, and it's gonna come to me? Hmm, right. Test it. All right, I'll start off easy. And I start off with like a yes or no question. If it's a yes, then I want to see a giraffe. Okay, so I ask the question and within hours i see a billboard with a giraffe on it i see a guy walking across the street in front of my car with a giraffe on his t-shirt and then i hear a song with a giraffe in it I'm like okay all right that was interesting okay i'm going to raise the bar now i'm going to i'm going to magnetize a thing okay what do i want um i would like to have a gold bracelet pretty easy i i would think so i imagine the gold bracelet i See it in my third eye. I feel it. I feel it on my wrist. And I let it go. And apparently, the universe has taken it like a waiter and it's going to bring it to me. So I let it go, forget about it. Three weeks later, I'm hanging out with my friend Mandy, and she's got tons of bracelets on her arm. And I've completely forgotten about the gold bracelet, to be honest. And I look at her bracelets and I say, I love your bracelets. And she goes, Oh, really? And she takes off the one gold bracelet and hands it to me and clasps it onto my wrist. Holy crap. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. Next day, I'm at the office. I've got the gold bracelet on my wrist. And a coworker says, I like your bracelet. And I say, you want to know how I got it? And then I hear in my head, don't brag. Do not brag. I magnetized it. And as I said those words, that gold bracelet, without any prompting, just breaks off my hand and falls to the ground. Oh, my God. Oh, I I think I just pissed off the gods or whoever I'm talking to. And then it was more like, no, we just want you to know that we're real. Kind of freaked me out. Got to be honest. Like, I now knew that I was a part of this, this power. I'm, I'm, I'm associated to something. If I think it through enough and I feel it, I, c- I can create things, but it, it scared me a little bit. So I proceed through life and I continue being able to magnetize things. We all can. And I do the house and the car and the kids. They're great. God, they had, I had them, the, the marriage, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. But after a while I was getting kind of like aggravated. I was getting aggravated. I was taking the joy out because now I was really doing this more like obligatory kind of stuff. It wasn't joyous. It wasn't connected. And then my thoughts started to move towards the negative. I started looking and feeling and thinking only about the resentment I had in my marriage. I hated credit card debt and I hated my job. And I started to magnetize a divorce, more credit card debt, and unemployment. covid sent me to my room like everyone else and had me think about who I've been and where you're going to go missy and I picked up the law of attraction again and I started to read it and I started to remember that I do have the powers to create what I want and I I realized that I've I've gone through a lot and I've been resilient and I'm I'm a part of all of it it's all who I am I'm sitting on my deck and I'm looking out At six in the morning, this gorgeous sunrise right behind the Cascade Mountains in Seattle, which I've also attracted. And I'm feeling actually grateful now. I'm grateful for the journey that I've been on. And I shut my eyes to meditate. And I look into my third eye. And there's Willow. Good morning. Good morning, Willow. I still have a crush on her. (laughs) You are Growing up, you are no longer a wobbly little fawn. Namaste.
1: How do you feel about telling that, that story into a green light?
0: Mine's a white light.
1: Okay. Yeah, my feel? camera. Yeah.
0: I, I have gotten used to it over the last, you know, year and a half. It's like you stare at it. I actually when I'm telling a story, I, I tend to not look at the audience as much mm-hmm. because they they might throw me off. Right. <laughs> a live audience, I love it, but like on the camera, I want to look into your eyes. So I gotta look into that camera as much mm-hmm. as possible. But you kind of look at yourself too.
1: After working that story mm-hmm. and trying different things. How do you feel about it now? You like it?
0: I do like it. I feel, I I had a really hard time finding the conflict and you know this, and I had way too many artistic, you know, like I'm going to be a cicada. And you guys shot that down. (laughs) You squished my cicada analogy and I appreciate that. It feels, well, it's true. It's really true. That is my journey on this. It's funny because I was supposed to try to get called on Monday for the moth to tell this story. And Mm -hmm. Sean I got so blocked I could like I could not get in and I kind of feel like universe told me it wasn't ready because I still was not in it's (laughs) that the the stick shift had not gotten smooth right because I could not find that moment where I talk about the resentment of my marriage the credit card debt and the hating of my job so that's the stick shift because someone's saying you you're too happy everything's working out too much there had to have been a part of your life where it didn't work for you but the thing is, this law of attraction. I know that I created it all, right? right. So if my energy's on something, it's negative, I'm going to get more of it.
1: You have to figure out how to take that and then actually put it into the story. To get it in there, yeah. Right. Because if, you, if you don't act. have
0: conflict, you got to have conflict.
1: I mean, if you don't have conflict, and then I don't think these are synonyms, but they are sort of overlapping with conflict and tension and stakes and all these things. Uh, And sometimes I get confused by those words because I probably use them incorrectly. But do you think stories just can't be good without them? I think it's
0: important to have something in there because then it shows the journey of the story, right? You have to have that transformation. So in this particular story, my transformation is, is that I'm kind of dumb about what my powers could be, right? And then uh-huh. I wake up because I learned about law of attraction. And then it goes to another spot where I start using it incorrectly and I get a negative reaction. And then I come uh-huh. back and I reassess myself and how I'm approaching life with my thoughts and my energies and my feelings. And I come out and now here I am. There is definitely an arc here. I needed that. I needed that spot where it got dark because it was true. I mean, it was, it's was. it been a six six year dark. it's been a six year dark and I'm done with it. I've learned a ton. I'm back like driving. I'm driving the car now.
1: So you have to figure out what to include, how to do it. Takeaway number one. Let's see if we agree on this. You need conflict.
0: I I think there needs to be some. Yeah, Yeah. I do. And conflict can also be stakes. I think that those are like, you know, the, the, the problem. So in, in, in the entrepreneurial coaching that I do, there's the problem. What's the problem that you're solving? right? Sure. So there's problem and then there's solution. So that problem could be conflict, you know, like I don't have yeah. what I want. There's yeah. a conflict there. So
1: I think that's yeah, a really that's, good starting point for people who are often not sure where to start to know what the conflict is. What's the problem in the story?
0: Usually the problem. So the inciting event, like the thing that causes the 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 journey to start is le- it's leading you to the aha moment, right? The aha when you realize something. So in, in this particular story, I realized I had lost touch with my true powers mm-hmm. i'd lost touch with it I was, I was miserable things weren't great so i have to start in the opposite place before i've realized this and it, it for me i do a lot of time travel in my stories and a yeah. lot of my stuff starts around 22. my oh, wow. san diego yeah. time has like if you think about like you've heard a lot of my stories a lot that's of right. stuff happened for me in in that age age range mm-hmm. and then you know how do you time travel right like that yeah. that's an art form in itself you could probably take yeah. teach a, teach a an entire workshop on how to time travel seamlessly.
1: No, it's very hard. I mean, cause you well, start I could, I could have
0: started, I could have started yep. with right now, looking at yep. my life and then remembering when I was 22 and going sure. back and learning like, yes, you're right. You could, we could take this little mind movie and, and change the scenes around and rearrange it which is the joy of what we do. The story crafting is so right.
1: gorgeous. But if you're newer, it's good to know that you have options. And I think when you're newer to something you don't even realize Oh, I could start in the middle or the beginning or maybe this other point, right? You get to play. I think if you're newer, it's like, it doesn't feel as flexible or malleable.
0: That's where I find a lot of my clients get really lost. Like, where am I going to start this thing? You know, where am I going to start? Because you can go in millions of different doors. Just pick the one that feels right, play with it Mm -hmm. and see where it goes. So, So for me, my nudge was I'm in Balboa Park. But I was able to say I've traveled from Michigan. So I you got to give background to the person. You can do that in a simple sentence. You know, yeah. just by saying that, you knew I was from the Midwest.
1: Right. One word sometimes is enough.
0: I remember when I first started with Kent studying with him.
1: Yes, Kent.
0: I didn't want to edit anything. I thought I was just genius. Like, no. Right. And my stories were like 10 minutes, 12 minutes long. <laughs> and he's like, you've got to get it down to eight -hmm. And so that was a good exercise too, is like letting go because sometimes you get you, you know, I'll create a scene and I love it, but it's not really serving the story, like the cicadas. Right. His version was not serving the new story that I need to tell
1: today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a very tough one. You need oh most humans need other people to say, not sure if that's working. It's all it's so hard to self-edit, especially when you've put time and energy into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cicadas, I'm not letting the other the cicadas. It's like, well, I guess if seven out of eight people said you should, and we all are well-intentioned, we have your back. Yeah, give it some thought.
0: Yeah, and I did. And I let it go, and I'm fine.
1: When you're crafting a story, but what are some of the most challenging things for you, generally speaking?
0: When I start a story, it starts to just come out of me, right? Mm. I, I'm not on the hunt for a story necessarily so like if we get a prompt you uh-huh. know and it's fresh the first thing that comes up will be where I probably need to go and then I start to tell the story I start I I start to write but then I stop I don't really write as much I storyboard I like to go because I, I I teach it that it's a mind movie that we're creating mm-hmm. and it's scene by scene by scene by scene mm-hmm. and so for me the if you want to call it the challenge or the joy, the journey is figuring out how those scenes are going to play and where do you have to edit? The editing is always the most important because they give us time constraints and that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it is. Because that makes you have to be concise. And so I, I tend to storyboard it and then I move immediately into talking it out loud. I record the hell out of it on my walks. Mm-hmm. I play it back. I play to I do it again. I play it back. I share I bring mm-hmm. it to you and to to our gang, and then I also record on video. I watch I watch it, and I I just sit back, and I I love the things that I love, and I go mm, out. It goes.
1: I would imagine the last two plus years since you took Mr. Whipple's class. I love his last name Whipple.
0: Uh, Mr. Whipple.
1: Whipple. I love you Kent. Kent, you better be listening to at least this one episode of this podcast with your friend <laughs> and student <laughs> Melissa here, Mr. Whipple. <laughs> I'm sure he's proud of you. I imagine your editing lens has gotten a little better in the last two plus years, right? Figuring out what to get rid of, how things connect.
0: And your group too. Swap shop. I mean, what we, what you've created is, is fantastic. I appreciate it.
1: When I was a boy, it started with a dream. No no one gives a shit. Now let me ask you this about this story. If you continue to tweak it, what might you consider changing? If you were saying, "Ah, I think this could be better or maybe I could do this or that.
0: Um, could probably edit out some stuff like in the willow scene i could trim some stuff down i added like the macrame owls and stuff i was really painting the room i wanted you to see it i could just make it willow and, and the beaded door that would be enough um i know but i was playing today i was like i'm really gonna go for it um, and i added smells you know it smelled like incense and, mm-hmm. and maple syrup but those are the elements of what makes good storytelling right is the is, is one of them in all the senses yeah
1: Yeah. Sensory detail is huge. And it's also tricky because some people will say, and I agree, the details that you want to include should only, quote, advance the action or reveal character.
0: So there's advance and expand, right? So as we're traveling through the story, and most people get this wrong, they either advance too much or they expand too much. They they, they bring the 10 pounds of, of spinach. And there is a balance to it. So you have to go from scene to scene, but when you need to expand, I think that's really important. So play in there. So like for the willow scene, which my feedback consistently from everyone was they loved the willow scene. Right. So I I, I felt permission that I could expand there. The giraffe scene. I mean, I could probably cut that and just say, I saw the billboard and the guy with the t-shirt, um, yeah. the bracelet scene. That was really important, though, because that really did freak me out. I don't know. I, I could probably trim something from the bracelet scene.
1: There, nothing here is wrong or right. It's just high exactly. stuff and different people will feel differently.
0: The, the other thing is, is that you want to be compelling. You want people leaning in. You want them right. to not wonder what the hell you're talking about. So they're wandering away wondering, well, I don't even know what law of attraction is. You know, I hope I showed you what it was. If you don't cover some of the basic stuff, like the relationship, how, where are you in life? mentally, physically, spiritually, <laughs> in your setup, people will wonder, they'll stop listening to you. Like I, I oftentimes wow. will see new storytellers say things like, so when I was a kid, I was, you know, with my dad and I'm like, stop, how old are you? Like, I think it's important to say your age at the beginning because it gives us a, mind fr- a mindset of where you are so that we can imagine you mm-hmm. and we can relate to you because most of us have been 22. Mm-hmm. But if your story starts when you're six, I got to know that. I got to see six-year-old Sean.
1: Or something that <laughs> if, saying you're in kindergarten does the same job. Yes. Right? It doesn't need to necessarily be a number, but give us an idea. One of your points here is if we start thinking about how old is she? I'd like, uh, we, uh, we're not listening. Right. You can't be engaged. And that's my fault as the storyteller. And then we're going to lose it and probably check out because then you went on to something else and now we can't follow that. And now we're going to look at our phone.
0: Boom. is <laughs> exactly it. So, you know, storytellers have an obligation. We have an obligation to entertain and inform. That's important, but not so much like I don't have to describe myself of what I looked like when I was 22. I just showed you my attitude. That was enough. If the audience goes, I remember when I was 22 and an idiot too, <laughs> you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. Then they're jumping in. They're not wondering. They're just joining in on you. They're watching the movie with you.
1: I mean, and a storyteller needs to paint this movie or create a mind movie without some of the things that movie makers get. You with your voice and your words, yeah. Right, and all the things that they can lean on, we don't have. So it's truly just your words coming out of your mouth.
0: That's all we have, and we have our pace and our tone. I tend to be known to be a little more performative, so
1: right.
0: I think I have a small crush on her. <laughs> um, may I have a, a bowl of the morning glory porridge, please? Oh yes, would you like to have bee pollen in it? Oh yes, of course. Uh, Would you like a shot of wheatgrass? Wheatgrass? I I don't know what wheatgrass is. (gasps) Oh, everyone look around over here. We have a newborn wobbly little legged fawn at table seven. Oh my dear, this is adorable. Anytime someone has their first shot of wheatgrass, we have it on us. So please enjoy, namaste. I've been an actor my whole life. And so for my style, you know, I become Willow. And on a podcast that might work real well because mm-hmm. you can you can see her because you can hear her a little more, but that's not everyone's style. And that's okay. Cause I know a lot of storytellers that don't do what I most don't. It's- that's one of my things, but I, I love that you just touch on dialogue. Cause I think dialogue is absolutely such a colorful element. A mm-hmm. lot of people will say, they'll do a story. They'll be like, and then my mom told me that I shouldn't do that. I'm like, right. well, why don't you show me that your mom, how'd your mom tell you that? So the different way would be like, then my mom said, you can't do that. Different.
1: Hugely different. Mm-hmm. Adds and much her. more
0: interesting mm-hmm. because you've, 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 you've layered it again. We have a lot of art. It's fun doing these stories. And
1: certain moments, a little bit there, a little bit there is all you need. Yep. So let's make pretend somebody's newish to this mm-hmm. and they hear this. Is there a, a, a secret pro tip you could give them? Trust
0: that your stories are interesting. So many times I hear people say to me, "I don't have any stories. No one wants to hear my story." And then when I start mining with them their stories, and I start to say, "Well, so, so what? Where were you in life at this point? How are you feeling?" And they start to open up. Then they start to realize, "Oh my God, I am interesting. <laughs> I do have wisdom to share." Of course you do. Mm-hmm, the older mm-hmm. we get, the more wisdom we have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so embrace it because I think that storytelling heals, storytelling connects us, relates to another person. You know, you, you're, my story is my story that I just told you. You're not gonna live my law of attraction story. But was there something in there? Was there something in there that you pulled out of it that wouldn't, huh? Well, it was interesting cause I have a friend that I I ran, I ran it through Stephanie Rogers. Mm-hmm. And she said, I gotta get my law of attraction books back out. <laughs> right. So. So it may inspire someone who's already kind of dabbled in that subject matter. And if it doesn't, that's fine, it doesn't matter. Like you said, if it was entertaining, then I, I did my job.
1: And, and it's so worth pointing out, a good class is more than just somebody, the teacher, knowing stuff about stories that you could read in a book, which matter are important and you're applying them and giving feedback. But what you're saying is like, you're t- like a teacher, I think, should be the, one of the people that are saying, no, really, this shit's interesting. You're interesting. We're going to make this more whatever, right?
0: Well, in the business storytelling stuff that I do, it's really interesting because one of the most important stories that in business that's told is usually the founder's story. Like how the heck this company even came into its own being. Because there was one guy that had invented rolling papers out of kombucha water. And he starts off his presentation and he's like, yeah, the world is like creating papers horrible on the environment. He's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, can we just take a time out? How did you invent this? Right. And he starts telling me this story of him being in Amsterdam and he's in a lab and someone's he's got, there's kombucha water over there. And they said, yeah, it's made out of cellulose. And he thought papers made out of cellulose. Huh? Maybe I could grow it and he did and he, he he created this paper and then his friends were like dude this is the best stuff for for my weed <laughs> <laughs> and and now that's his founder story and now whenever he enters into any pitch he starts with that story
1: so we said earlier in the, when we were talking that you use story for your work.
0: So story fruition. So Kent's changed my life when I was unemployed. Uh, I started storytelling and then I'd already started pitch coaching at the Seattle University's business plan competition. And I turned it on its ear. I said, "Ugh, boring problem, solution, addressable market. We can do this through narrative. And so I had to come up with something to start. And I always wanted to be a coach. Mm-hmm. So, I started Story Fruition and I started to work with executives to help the business world become better, more compelling storytellers. Mm-hmm. Because all the stuff that I just did with you and that we do on Moth Stages, there's no reason that that stuff cannot be applied in a presentation to a boardroom.
1: Oh, yeah, among other <laughs> places. Sure. <I> didn't, <laughs> yeah, right? A, right.
0: a sales presentation. There's yeah. just so many reasons and, and it's caught on. And so, I, I do that. That's my day job. Melanin Stories Matter is a social impact project that we use storytelling to amplify the voices of Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and we do these storytelling shows and interviews with a beautiful array of people who are sharing moments where racism was smacking them them around and how they handled it, and they become curated stories Mm -hmm. on a theme that we're giving them, Mm -hmm. and that, that project kind of just came out of the reaction of what we saw in 2020. So that's, that's my passion project. And um, we've done like seven shows so far. Wow. I know, since September. That's a lot of shows. <laughs>
1: that's a lot. And do you have any planned right now?
0: Uh, you, we're, I'm taking a little tiny break because I've got a whole bunch of stuff that are on, on the project. I'm working on a book. And then um, our next show will be uh, growing, growing Up BIPOC which is Mm. the acronym black indigenous people of color. And so that's the show in August. And then we have indigenous honor where I'll have all indigenous native American storytellers or not even necessarily native American indigenous, you know, because we're starting to get some international storytellers coming in storytelling can educate. And so that show has been really powerful. You've been busy. I have. And you can see the stuff. We have that on our YouTube channel is a really great place to see all of the shows. So we have the shows and then we have the individual
1: storyteller um, as a single, if you will. Last question. And you're, of course, you can add anything else you want. Present company excluded, of course, favorite storytellers.
0: Mm-mm. Corey May is definitely one of those. He's a wonderful storyteller and he's great to coach and he's great coacher. So he's coached a lot of my my stories as well. So Mm-hmm. Tall, tall
1: man, in short name.
0: Yep, Rana Levy. Mm-hmm. I love Rana's style so so much. Um, Stephanie Rogers. I love I love the gentleness of her storytelling.
1: How <laughs> do you want to end this? I mean, I know one way that most people want to end it. Whenever they do something with me, mm-hmm. how do you think we should end this thing? How about I'll say it and you do it as either you or Willow. One, <laughs> two three boom
0: boom Boom.
1: thanks so much for listening and special thanks to Melissa Reeves for telling her story and breaking it down with me Check the show notes for information on upcoming classes and events, including the 99 Second Story Slam. That is all for episode number 30.